I hear it's not the easiest to be a femme in hardcore. What? Who told you that? <laughs> the person I live with. <laughs> Who is currently touring with a band that just yells it at people. <laughs> Stop being a huge asshole. Yeah. Thanks. Quit being a, a, a asshole. Hello, welcome to the EduPunks podcast. This is your host, Craig Biderman. Very stoked for this week's episode with an everyday educator and daily disruptor. I'm talking to my friend, Ali Triglianos. Ali uh, works at Rutgers University and is a former hardcore chick. Uh, We talk a little bit about what it's like being a tattooed professional and what it's like coming up in a hardcore scene and how some of those uh, things intersect and influence our work in student affairs. I'm really excited to have this conversation because Allie is one of my favorite people and always kind of tells it how it is. Very excited for you to hear this one. Also, before we get too deep. You're going to be hearing some tunes from the new Community College uh, album, which will be coming out in March. It is through Disposable America. Uh, It is uh, some nice, quick tunes. Uh, Each song is like one or two minutes long. It's pretty sweet. But you're going to hear some of that throughout the episode. And yeah, um, we're a part of the Connect EDU uh, network. If you want to go check that out, I have all the information in the show notes. And you can learn more about more education-based podcasts and more um, ways to get involved with learning about education broadly. I'm not going to spend too much time dilly-dallying in this episode. So we're going to get to this conversation with Ali Trigliano. Okay. Hey, Allie, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Craig? I'm doing pretty okay. It's a nice stormy night here in Quincy, Massachusetts. But uh, so I brought Allie on because Allie's a badass, tattooed, punk, hardcore chick in higher education, and I look up to her a lot. Oh, my dead cold heart is warming. Oh, see, (laughs) see. I've got it in me to spread the love, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Allie, why don't you tell people who you are and what you do and where you come from? That sounds great. So my name's Allie. I um, am from New York originally, um, and I live in New Jersey now, and I work as a residence life coordinator um, in New Jersey and uh, that's all, that's everything, right? You're so you're so New York. Your last name, it, like, should just be 
I'm from New York. Isn't it <laughs> Triglianos? Yeah, but that's like super Greek and not super Italian like everyone thinks I am. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but like Greek is a, like still a big population in New York, right? Um, Or am I wrong? More in Queens. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm from Staten Island where it was basically like everyone was like white, Italian, Catholic, middle class. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. So where did you do uh, your grad work for student affairs? I did my grad work at Rutgers and oh, yeah. now I work here professionally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, with a little one year stint at Arizona state. But now you're back in Rutgers familiar territory. <laughs> How do you like it? It's good. Um, they put me on a different campus than I was when I was here as a grad. Um, which I appreciate. So I'm on like a mostly um, STEM, like science centered campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I oversee 23 different apartment buildings that house undergraduates, single graduates, and graduates with families. Okay. Cool. So pretty population. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you, so you've been in residence life for a while though, right? Uh, yes, I was an RA my sophomore year of college and I have not left res life since. (laughs) So have you not paid rent in that period of time? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. That's, oh fuck. I would love to have that money. (laughs) But that's sick. That's really great. So you you must sorry. No, you're good. I was like you'd think that I would like have paid myself rent, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you must like it a little bit, right? Yeah. Um I I always liked um the connection of like your experience is more than just the classroom, right? And because we know, like, college students spend the majority of their time outside of the classroom, right? So they're either in labs or dining halls or res halls. And so, like, I I just – and I like being able to educate folks. Um, so when I – like, if I have to get on the phone with a parent because they are worried that their student is – like not going to cut it or they got in trouble. And so like they want to, they want to tell me how great their kid is. Um, I like to say that I, um, I teach life skills and there's a a hidden layer of sarcasm there. That's like, I teach them life skills because you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's such a trait for us though. Like no one did no one teach their kids like how to talk to someone when like you get into a fight with them? Like what's going on? <laughs> how do I manage so, my roommate yelling at me? Just recoil and quietly sob. <laughs> so working in res life for that long, uh what do you say what do you think like kind of keeps you in it like doing it so so much for so long? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, the the free housing is a big part in in my personal 
perspective. Um, cause if I didn't have an on campus apartment, I'd be living with my parents cause I wouldn't be able to afford living on my own. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think that's just like an issue across the board. Like a lot of institutions positions don't pay enough to be able to live comfortably on a one person salary. So it's like you see a lot of um, student affairs folks that are either coupled up um, or that are friends. And so they'll live together because it's a dual income house or more than two. And then it's easier for them to afford to live together. And um, one majority of my friends don't work in higher ed. So it's like, who would I live with? (laughs) Um, Make sure that I can actually get to work on time and all of that stuff. So, um, and I also, I really do like, you know, recruitment and um, selection of staff. I like programming. Um, I don't really like conduct mainly because I feel like the structure tends to be very like, written in like legalese in some sort of ways. Cause we have to make sure that there's like no liability to the university, but then it's like, I come in and I'm like this chill, this chill chick that they have to meet with. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Just tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to be tight. Don't worry. I'm like, look, just be straight with me. Like don't lie. And we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like I would be that way if I did conduct too. And I've always felt like at the same time, I'd be really good at doing conduct work just cause I like that. Like, restorative or transformative justice side of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I would be too chill (laughs) to where, or too real. And I was just like, what the fuck? Why the hell did you do that? I can't tell you how many times a day I want to yell, what the fuck at my students. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck are you doing? It comes from a place of care. It does. Mainly because I don't want people dying and I don't want people making bad decisions. Yeah. And, you know, I would love the world to be a better place. And I know that these people are on track to becoming, like, leaders of business and engineering and all of these things. And if my one interaction with them can help make them a better person then cool, I feel like I did my job. Hmm. So that's where the what the fuck comes in from because I don't want shitty people living in my halls. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Um, Yeah. So so being that chill dude in the the halls and on the campus, what's it like being – because you're pretty visibly tattooed. What's it like being like a tattooed professional on your campus? Um, I am the most visibly tattooed person that works in my department. Same. And we're a pretty big department. (laughs) Um, so that's, it's weird. I feel like sometimes, um, but I always make sure that like, I don't hide my tattoos when I interview for jobs because I don't want to, one, hide who I am, or two, like walk into work one day, pull up my sleeves and be like, ha-ha, bitches, look. <laughs> um, so it's a little weird in that regard, but 
I have had some really cool conversations with people about it because I have some pretty interesting tattoos. So um, that has helped. Student still because I'm I'm still like pretty young. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, I just, like, I, I would, like, kind of cover up a little bit when I started my job. Like, kind of rolled up sleeves to, like, right here to where, like, you couldn't see my full sleeve. And then at some point, I just stopped caring and started getting my legs done and would wear short shorts to work and just, like, showing them all off. And I was just like, you know what? I'm thankful that I have a campus that doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think other people care i think it's just like how the stigma just gets into your brain and your thought process and so you think other people are gonna care oh 100 i'm i'm thinking that everyone in a suit on my campus is like why does why is he doing this like, yeah <laughs> why are you doing that <laughs> Yeah, so I think it's just, like, me trying to break out of that thought process. And so, um, like, I, I, I'm i pretty femme, but I'm also, like, kind of, I wear a lot of pants. So, but I also wear a lot of skirts and dresses. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Gendered clothing is stupid. It is. So, uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I'll wear, like, skirts and dresses, and I have, like, almost a full leg sleeve. And people will be like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Like, especially now, I think it'll be funny for, like, my students that are moving in for spring that didn't live here last semester when they see me for the first time in, like, a skirt or a dress or shorts. Um, and then they'll see the, the leg and they'll be like, oh, snap. <laughs> Allie's got ink. But if they ever <laughs> say that, I'll be like, don't ever say that. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, it's like a... There are sometimes when, um, like, I'll go, I'll go to, because I do a lot of talks on my campus, like, just randomly for, like, faculty and whatnot. Like, I'll go into their classroom, and sometimes I'll show up, and I'll be wearing, like, a jacket or a flannel or a sweater, and, like, halfway through, I take it off. And already, the faculty member who might not have known me is already like, you work here? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> but I'll take off my, like, jacket or whatever, and I'm just, like tattoos out um and they're like Aha! yeah i'm like i'm just so nonchalant with it too and most of the students know know me but i'll look over in the faculty member or whatever is like oh all right <laughs> didn't know this was gonna happen that's okay <laughs> um but yeah it's it's nice and i think with tattoos as well um i've shared this kind of in the past especially when we did a tattoo panel at acpa last year um the one thing that I love about having tattoos in the workplace is like students connect with them like immediately. Um, do yeah. do your students like ask you for advice on like how to find artists and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the I tell them like I found my tattoo artist because of a friend. And this, I'm talking about the artist that does my leg yeah. sleeve. And then the other work is from people I found on Instagram, hmm. which can be hit and miss. Hmm. But, um, like, there's one tattoo artist in particular that I'm desperately dying to get on her books. Um, 
her name's Myra O and she's based in Florida mm. and she does a lot of like um, black and gray um, kind of like traditional floral work. And so I'd love to get something done by her. Um, and she has like a pretty big following. Um, but I always tell them depending on what year, like time of year it is to go check out a tattoo convention. Um, yeah, that's how we found that's always That's how you can find great artists. Um, but I'm like, don't, don't go looking on the like, Google reviews or Yelp or anything for like a tattoo artist. So. <laughs> um, my favorite thing is like, so I got that big old ship on my shin and I walked yeah. by our black student center one day and they were like, Craig, come over here. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, did that hurt like hell? And I'm like, yeah, it hurt like hell. This is the worst pain I've ever experienced. And they're like, cause that looks harsh. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty intense. And they always want to ask like, what hurts the most? Where does this, does that one? I'm thinking of getting this. Uh, what if I do this? What about my neck? And I'm like, no, mm-mm. Don't start there. <laughs> I'm thinking to get some on my hands. Do you have other tattoos? Then don't go to your hands yet. Like, yeah, it's just like a million questions all at once. Sometimes. <laughs> I hate the does it hurt question? Cause it's like, of course it hurts. It's a needle going in and out of your skin. A hundred <laughs> times more than a hundred second, like really, really fast. I don't know what the a rate billion... is, but it's like, yeah, of course it's going to fucking hurt. Like, and of course it's going to hurt more in other places than it does. Like, yeah, your my kneecap fucking sucked. Oh yeah, it, I've heard it's terrible. It was so rough, but you know, my forearm felt fine, you yeah. know, like Yeah. Quote felt fine does not mean I sat there and experienced zero pain. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I'm talking about the pain re- relation to one body part to the other. So, I feel like they also don't get that if I say, "Oh no, this was nothing." It's not me saying I felt zero pain. It's I felt significantly less pain as to other parts of my area where I have tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that's always like my favorite question with anyone in tattoos is um, what hurts the most? I'm like, well, they all hurt. Start first. They all hurt. Um, no matter what <laughs> you're doing, no matter how long in between getting tattooed, uh, the sensation you never really get used to it um unless you're going like every week working on something then you might get used to it but like i never get used to it i'm always reminded the second i get a tattoo started that i hate it like i hate getting tattooed (laughs) it's like that first line you're like instant regret (laughs) yep i'm like no can we stop oh well i guess we have to do the whole piece now (laughs) yep (laughs) it's um it's such a pain sometimes because I'll get, I get really big ideas and then like I've learned over the years to kind of like whittle them down a bit. Um, but it's really fun when like students come to me and they're like, I'm thinking of getting this with this and these words, like this whole scripture, like around it, but I only want it to be like the size of my fists. I'm like, Oh, Oh honey, (laughs) you're not getting that done at all. (laughs) (laughs) because it's like it's it's funny like i don't know i don't know how outlandish some of your students are with their ideas but 
I just hear some dumb shit. And I have, like, cartoon characters tattooed on me. (laughs) And I'm just like, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, it's your body, dude. Go for it. That's my literal response. You like you know I have an Arizona iced tea can tattooed. I was about on me. to bring it up. I love it. Like people would look at me and be like, "She's gonna give me advice." She has a freaking can of tea on her arm. I'm gonna get like, a big gulp tattoo next year. If you do not, I would be thoroughly disappointed in you. I'm getting one on Seven Eleven this year. Big gulp. Good. Should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause like. I think it's. Uh, I think when you start getting tattooed, be chill with it. Get some good stuff. Get some good mm. artists. As you start getting tattooed more, then just like fuck with it a little bit more. I think it's smart if you're someone who doesn't take yourself too seriously to get some silly tattoos. Like I have, I have Finn from Adventure Time. Granted, Katie has Jake. It's our couple's one. But my Bobby Hill gets so much attention. I love your Bobby Hill tattoo. <laughs> and it's such a, like a silly random tattoo that I don't even really get to see very often because it's on the back of my arm. But like, yeah. I love having it and I have a lot more serious tattoos, but like, it's fun to just have something silly. I don't know. Do you have other silly I, ones than your Arizona tea? Um, let me look. I mean, my Harry Potter ones aren't silly. They're just like cool as shit. Um, <laughs> but I got like a an emoji tattoo with uh, an ex of mine, but what is your emoji? Mine is the ghost emoji with the tongue sticking out. Nice. Um, that will be covered up soon. <laughs> you're gonna look at that when you're seventy. Uh, yeah, I realize like in my experience, probably not good to get matching tattoos. So I mean, unless it's like my sister, like who I have the matching iced tea can with. <laughs> can you say it's not a good idea to get matching tattoos again? Cause you cut out that whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in my experience, it's probably not the best idea to get matching tattoos with someone you're dating. Uh, Cause you know, shit can end. And then you're left <laughs> with this weird ass tattoo. That everyone sees and always asks you about. And you're like, "Mm, rather not talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. That's why, like, mine and Katie's are, like, connected to each other. But they're not the same thing. So. Yeah. Well, thankfully the person that I did this with didn't do the same tattoo either. They were connected but not matching. Um, But they got theirs covered up. So I'm, it's also on the part of my arm where I'm doing like a Harry Potter half sleeve and my ghost just doesn't work. So, you know, I'm going to put the sorting hat right over. Oh yeah. That makes sense. I was like, you can just do one of the ghosts from Harry Potter. Or a Dementor. First rule has to be bigger and darker. Yep. Uh, One of my friends just got a cover up and it was huge. 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 Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I think like our our generation's really like shifting that 
tattoo conversation right now. Definitely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like being part of it. I like it. (laughs) Okay, quick commercial break to bring you information about the Art of Survival Patreon again. You can be a sponsor of this podcast if you would like. Go to patreon.com slash artofsurvival. You can donate some money monthly or one time to our organization that does a lot of work for sexual assault prevention, suicide prevention, and supporting folks in recovery and folks recovering from trauma. That is the big focus of our work. Uh, If you want to support us, please go to that website. It is in the show notes. You can, again, be, be a sponsor of the podcast. That is part of one of the perks. If you would like to have your business company, whichever record label, sponsor the podcast, I'll share it. I'll share your information, and it'll be great. And I'll get to a couple thousand people every week. That would be pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, we're still raising some money. Katie's still out on the road. I'm going to be doing a couple gigs soon, uh, here in Boston, but yeah, Art of Survival, we're doing some cool stuff. Go to artistsurvival.com if you want to now, learn about more of what we so do. You, patreon.com slash You came up in like a hardcore scene, right? Now, like let's get New back York. to the conversation with Ali Triglianos. Yeah. So in high school, um, I, so I went to an all girls Catholic high school, which meant that I had to find friends outside of school. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. Still like really good friends with a lot of the girls I went to high school with. Like there's a group of like 15 of us that still talk every day, which is cool, but I needed other friends. So, <laughs> um, I had reconnected with, um, friends that I had went to, grammar school with and I say grammar because I went to the same school from first grade to eighth grade like I didn't have middle school hmm. um so I had reconnected with him and he was like hey my buddy's band is playing at this place on Staten Island do you want to come um to the show with me and I was like yeah sure and so I go and I had reconnected with this girl and so it's actually the girl that like I call my sister because she and I had taken a literary writing class together like three years prior. Hmm. And so then we reconnected because she was working the show. So I thought, and now I we are inseparable. And like, she's my, my literal sister. I would do anything for her. Hmm. Um, and so that band that was playing was kind of like, like a... God smack, disturbed. Think of that kind but of genre. Rock. Butt rock. Butt rock. Um, and then because I started going to that venue more often, it was like the only venue basically on Staten Island. Um, I started meeting more people that I wouldn't have otherwise met. And um, my one friend, Andrew, who was in the band Vice, um, they broke up a little bit ago because they've been doing it forever. Um, they, he was in a band first called preaching to the converted and like vice grew out of that. Hmm. Um, but he, like I met him like 10 years ago and, uh, because I became friends with him, I started going to more hardcore shows. So 
everything was at like these this one venue on Staten Island, and then the venue got shut down. So then we had to like find other places to go, and then that's when I was I was going to shows in Brooklyn, I was going to shows in New Jersey, um, and then when I went to New Jersey for college, um, I so I went to Ryder, which is right near Trenton, New Jersey, and um, there's a venue there called Champs. And they usually have, like, some pretty cool bands go through. So then I was able to see bands, like, counterparts play to, like, a 30-person room. And that's it. Like, it was wonderful. And, you know, seeing bands like the Acacia Strain and, um, you know, Ghost Ghost X-Ship and, like, all these other, like, cool bands, you know? And started meeting more people and... I have gone to shows all over the state of New Jersey. Um, I've driven as far east as Ronkonkoma, um, as far west. Uh, I mean, technically, I lived in Arizona, so, like, I went to shows out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I've driven all the way to, like, middle of nowhere PA. Um, I've gone as far south as Virginia. Oh, actually, I went to a show in Ohio once, so I've done that. So, Jeez. Um, Yeah, so I music is a huge part of my life, and when I finally found um, a genre and a scene that like felt good, um, I just like threw myself into it. (laughs) That's so sick. What was it about the scene that really like got you hooked? Um, I think because I have never been the person that like wants to do things because everyone else is doing it. So I, like, no one in my high school was listening to the music that I was listening to, which made me feel cool. Yeah. 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 Um, So that was, I don't know, I like being unique. I um, always felt like I was a lot different than the people I grew up with, Um, like, in, in high school, in those kinds of aspects. Like, I always talked about wanting tattoos and piercings and like going to concerts and they like, they're more fans of like top 40 um, country, like rap, things like that. And I'm not like exclusively hardcore 24 seven. I actually listen to way more like indie rap and like uh, alternative music now. Nice. Um, yeah. So I just think that it was good. I was super involved in the scene, in my opinion. Uh, Other people will probably be like, who the hell is she? Um, (laughs) And uh, I was going to shows all the time. And for the period of my life that I was doing that consistently all the time, it was what I needed. And that's why I think I liked it so much is because it felt like a space where it was people that like didn't give a fuck about their jobs or the shit that was going on with their family or the shit that's going on with like society and the government. And it was just a place where we could just yell and scream about hating everything and just wanting to be better um, and feeling accepted there. Hmm. That's great. Now talking about acceptance, like coming up in like a, the hardcore scene can sometimes be pretty toxic. What's that like as like a, like a femme person uh like going into the pits and shit i've seen pictures of you in the pit so (laughs) i know you throw down yeah um i think honestly the reason why i started doing that was to like 
assert dominance in a place where I didn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. So I was like, if I can throw down and like beat the shit out of people, people are going to be like, oh, damn, I don't want to mess with her. Um, And like, it's stupid, but it's like the harder you throw is like the more clout you can get. It's like a correlation there um, that that I've seen, right? So um, my friends have said like, oh, yeah, I hate getting hit by you because you like my 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 back arm throw, whatever you want to call it, um, has broken like three different noses. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so um, but I did it because one, it was cool. And it was like, I think secretly I was like, you're working out so you don't have to go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) The pit can be a workout, I've heard. I mean, you can leave there sweaty as hell. So, oh, I've seen, um, I've witnessed. Most people yeah. lose their shirts in that case. I don't. Yeah, still don't understand like the need to like disrobe it during a show. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's my own thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was mainly because I wanted to prove to people like I was tough and that I wanted to prove to them that I belonged there and I wasn't just. Um, like a hang along girl, uh, you know, cause there's a lot of perceptions of like, Oh, friends, well, specifically pe- uh, talking about like dude band dudes, right. A lot of them don't date in the scene cause it's weird and they'll never find a scene girl that like speaks to them. So they have to date normies yeah. and, uh, can't find a chick their- that can keep up with them. Yeah, I'm like, dude, relax. Uh, uh, you live in your parents' basement. You work at a 7-Eleven. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> we do not talk down to 7-Eleven on this podcast. You can get a Diet Dr. Okay. Pepper at uh, your favorite uh, 7-Eleven. Oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven. Sorry, there are I no, have to. There are no 7-Elevens near me. Yeah, and I would never live there because of that. There's That's a 7-Eleven. Uh, There's a 7-Eleven. Like... Right next to where we live, we go there. We go there every night. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but um, it's my treat. <laughs> but yeah, so, so it's shit like, on those dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's like fuck you. I don't need to date one of you, and then somehow you you end up dating them anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's so great. Um, and then. It's also like tough because like I so I'm queer and um, it was like I don't know where they were but like queer or bi or like lesbian people in the scene were like non-existent in New Jersey. Mm. I was like where are you? Like I'm down to date. Down to like mingle like Pringles people. Yeah. What's up? And there's tumbleweeds there's no one there Uh, (laughs) so that's it that's also interesting because it's like i i'm pretty loudly queer like i am proud to be that and it took me a long time to accept that and so but my dating track record shows a very like hetero presenting record yeah kind of same 
And uh, Katie yeah. and I even had like Katie it's, and I've even had some interesting conversations with folks about like a hetero presenting relationship with someone who's non-binary and someone who's like, well, we're both queer, but including someone who's bi- non-binary. And so it's uh, it's always like kind of confusing to people. They're like, yeah, but aren't you guys just straight? And we're like, well, no, but whatever. <laughs> One of my one of my favorite one of my favorite moments is we were at an airport once and Katie went to hold my hand and I was like, Don't hold my hand. I don't want these people to think we're straight. <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite is I love like fucking with people in the car. And so um when if like I'm driving somewhere for the first time and somebody else is giving me directions, they're like, Yeah, just go straight. I'm like, Nope, can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not one of the straights. <laughs> then they're like, go forward, you jerk. <laughs> yeah. It's like asking a question. Can I do this? Well, can you? <laughs> yep. I just made a bunch of faces and Allie was just like, not impressed. Because <laughs> you were cutting out. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, uh, I was like, I'd probably be laughing if I know what's happening. Oh, it's it's all good. It's that uh that good old Rutgers University Wi Fi, I imagine. Yep. It's a it's a wonder what a time to be alive. Yep, exactly. So my man Drake. What do you think now looking at the connection between like the hardcore scene, punk scene, stuff like that? How do you think it's like intersected into your work as an educator? Yeah, um I think it has definitely influenced it. I mean, I was like at my quote unquote peak involvement in the scene in college when I decided to go to grad school for student affairs. Um I so I was going to shows like every weekend and things like that and I in regards to like what times of year I would work because <laughs> you know you after what 20 something years of schooling you're kind of used to working on an academic calendar so when people are like oh start of the fiscal year I'm like I don't know what that means my year starts in August so um <laughs> I like I make like August resolutions not January resolutions <laughs> um so I think it's kind of funny but Relating it back to like the scene, right? Um, I it I take it as a time for me to like be the most accepting person possible because I don't know people, right? I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what your past experiences have been. I don't know what your goals are or anything when I f- first meet you. So if you can just treat people right off the bat with dignity and respect, and then learn to learn about them, um, then then it's easier to be an accepting person. Obviously, if they're a piece of shit human being, like, you don't got to be nice, but, like, you still got to respect somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, I think that the acceptance, acceptance be, uh, aspect of it has helped. Um, it's also helped me, like, verbalize my um, distrust with, like, systems and this is the way we've always done it thinking and 
things like that because that's so so much of what like the crux of hardcore and punk is is like fighting the system like bringing down the man and like all that stuff so i am very much like the um person that will challenge the status quo um sometimes it ruffles feathers but i think it's important so i like to say that i'm a toddler in my work because i always ask why (laughs) why Why? but why but But why? why but why um, and if you can't give me a straight answer because you have to be political in the answer that you give to me, something fishy is up. And like, that's why like honesty is a huge thing for me, not only in like my personal life, but in my job. If I can't trust who I'm working for, if my students can't trust me, if I can't trust myself to be comfortable with doing this task, then what am I even doing it for? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild because I have the same like kind of approach and that's probably not surprising. Just like <laughs> we, 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 we work in a field that is so built on systems yes. and built on structure and built on hierarchy. And half the time, like I, I call my title something that I don't think is actually my, my, my actual title. I just <laughs> tell people that I have a different I tell people that I'm health education and wellness promotion specialist just because I love how many words are in that because it's so obnoxious. But I really I think my job title is actually just like health education specialist or something like that. Um, But I just add so much to it um, that it sounds made up and I'm like, yeah, but I totally work here. (laughs) I just love to fuck with people like that because so many of these folks are caught up in there. I'm a senior associate vice chancellor of institutional projects and marketing or whatever. Like yeah. it's too much. And that's why like I enjoy coming from scenes or being a part of scenes where it's just like, no man, we're just like being chill. Hey, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah brother. <laughs> Cause that's like, that's what I want from like the people around me too. And that's why I'm glad that like, I work with a good amount of colleagues at UMB who don't really aren't really into like the whole titles thing. Um, even like my supervisor asked if I wanted to like get a title adjustment and I was like, no, cause I just make up one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's, it's whatever. Um, so coming up, uh in like that scene did you have any issues like with toxic bros or anything like that because i hear it all the time and i'm glad to hear that you assert your dominance but i didn't know if that was an issue for you um i think i saw it more as i was like first coming in in regards to like it happening to me Hmm. um because like scene dudes love to like prey right Mm -hmm. predators um and not like the good Ripley Scott movie kinds. No. Um, <laughs> Ridley, not Ripley. Ripley's a character, right? I don't know. Maybe. Ripley's know. believe it or not. Woo-hoo. Um Woo-hoo. So, <laughs> so I mean there were times where like dudes would try to slide in the DMs and be like, I met I, you didn't even say hi to me at the show. <laughs> Saw you at the show. Was too shy to say hello. Hee <laughs> hee. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> yep. And then I think now as more um, 
more people feel comfortable like coming forward and sharing the fact that people are fucked up and do fucked up shit that I was like learning so much more and maybe that's because I was like in my own little bubble or you know maybe subconsciously I realized it and was like don't deal with it it's not happening to you um and so it's it's easy to think that way when you're when you're supposed to be like quote just there for the music right um it's easy to be like oh well scene drama doesn't get to me because I don't involve myself in it and everything but like if you're going to the shows if you're making friends like you're part of that scene and so once you find out that someone's problematic af like stop fucking talking to them like if you found out that they fucking like raped their ex-girlfriend why the hell are you still friends on facebook like delete that bitch you are not cool step up out of here like no thank you Um, yeah And then, and it's also like really disheartening, you know, because you come to grow and love a lot of these bands because like you like their sound, you like the message, you like the lyrics. Um, Maybe they have like really cool merch, you know, I don't know. But then it's like someone comes out and says like, yeah, I was assaulted or, um, you know, I was like abused by this person. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Because it's like, I can't listen to so many bands now because I just feel gross yep. listening to them thinking about it, you know? Like, I have to sell me- so many records when that shit happens. Yeah, and it's, like, not fun. I'm like, thanks, because now you're wasting my money and you ruin someone's life. Yep. And now, because they had enough courage and bravery to, like, bring this to the surface and show everyone your true colors, now their lives are being torn apart even more beyond the terrible thing that you did to them yep and it's just it makes my heart sad and i don't like having a sad heart (laughs) i i don't want to be on antidepressants because of seeing drama (laughs) i don't think any of us do (laughs) (laughs) um but like i think it's also interesting like i've been going to fewer and fewer shows now I think it's also just because, like, I'm getting older. Uh, my body doesn't work the way it used to. I'm not going into the pits anymore. And, like, I've realized that if people were my real friends, that they would try to contact me outside of shows. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes they don't do that. And, you know, I find joy in other types of music, too. Like, I grew up listening to classic rock and, like, like jam bands, like, the Grateful Dead and like those kinds of things. So I think it's cool to find new music and, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like when you start making new friends or enter new relationships or things like that, like the music that they expose you to as well. Um, and like you finding like, Ooh, don't really like that. That's your favorite person, <laughs> but you're also like, damn, that song is really good. Or, you know, <laughs> you know, um, so I think it's just um, I've seen myself like slowly like Homer Simpson pushing himself back into the bushes. Like I think I, that's like me. I'm doing like an Irish exit of mm. the hardcore scene. And I don't think anyone cares because people probably don't know who I am. But for those who do, they're probably like, oh, I haven't seen Allie in a while. Yeah. Because yeah, I just dipped. <laughs> I've just turned into the like the dad at the gig because I don't. I always just like stand back and like watch and observe. I'm not trying to like get rowdy or anything like that. 
Um, I'll stand in the back. Katie will go take like some pictures and stuff. And I'll just be like, look at all these kids having fun. (laughs) It's so great. I'm I'm, like the only one with earplugs in. And I'm just like, all you kids are silly. You're going to lose your hearing. My my buddy Joey, who was on the podcast uh, just recently, he and I went to a house show. And one, that's hilarious in and of itself. But the gig ended up getting the cops called on them during the first band. And we were just Ooh. like, we we are dads, basically. Well, he is actually a dad. Like, we are like the dads <laughs> of this gig. And we're at a house party that just got shut down. Like, what the hell is our life right now? <laughs> it's very yeah. silly. Yeah. And I think it's also like. If I do go to shows, I just stand in the back and, like, just chill. Like, the last, like, big thing I went to was I went to um, Sound and Fury in L.A. this past summer. It was wild, right? It was so good. And it was cool to, like, see a bunch of bands live that I've only ever listened to. And, um, like, I also got to see, like, some of my favorite bands perform. So, like, that was awesome. Um, and I got to spend like the weekend with my friends in a city that I'd only really visited a couple times before. Um, so that was nice. And, um, yeah, but I see it more as like, I'm just going to stay in the back now. Like I just bought tickets to balancing composers last show ever mm-hmm. in Philly in May. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in the back, like crying because I love balance. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, they're, it, it's like it's gonna be like their hometown final show because they're playing Philly and they're from Doylestown. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. All right, time for the music break portion of the podcast. I'm bringing you a song from the new Community College LP, which will be coming out in March through Disposable America. Uh, you can go to disposable-america.com right now, reserve your copy of a cassette of this album. I'm going to play you the song Novocaine right now, and you can rock out to it, enjoy it, and if you want, go to Disposable America, throw them some money, give them some support. That's what I want to see the listeners doing of this podcast. Go support these bands, go support these labels, and if you recognize that name, Disposable America, you can hear me talk to Dustin in last week's episode. Go back to it. It's really great. He has a lot of really great stuff to say. But for now, let's listen to the song Novocaine by Community College.
That was Novocaine by Community College. Go to disposable-america.com. Find Disposable America on Bandcamp. Get yourself a copy of that cassette that's going to be coming out in March. Support the band. Support the labels. Now let's finish up this conversation with Ali Triglianos. Ooh, boy. Okay, let's get to this thing that I like to do at the end of every conversation. It is called the lightning round. Okay? Oh, God. I'm just going to ask you some things about yourself, um, things that you like in the world, and you just answer off the top of your head. You can take a moment. I can edit it, whatever. But I just want to hear some of the things you like in life, and then that'll be it. Cool. Uh, what is your favorite color? Purple. Tight. What's your favorite type of food? Uh, pizza. <laughs> Are you a diner person? I fucking love diners, but I knew it. But there's a thing here. You can only call yourself a diner if you are open 24 hours a day. That's what I've heard. When we went, uh, I think the first time we hung out, we went and got like hella cheesecake somewhere. And it was like yeah. the biggest piece of cheesecake I've ever seen in my entire life. And I think it was like $4. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. Um, so yeah, that's tight. Now, uh, what is your favorite book? Ooh, um, probably The Lovely Bones. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. Um, what's your favorite tattoo that you have? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like asking me to pick a favorite child or something. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably my Alice in Wonderland sleeve because I put the most money into it and uh, I think it's the most colorful and I get compliments about it nonstop. Yeah, it's that, that's your leg sleeve, right? Yeah. I'm hoping to start a leg sleeve like ne- by, by this fall. Because mm-hmm. I want to, I will, yeah, I want to do it when the weather is not like sunny and stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to like, I'm going to rock it all out whole bunch of black and gray down the leg. Nice. It's going to be sick. Um, what is your favorite movie? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Saw that movie when I was like nine. Not a great movie to see when you're nine. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what's this going to be? And I, might, I think like my brother was watching it. And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness uh do you have uh like favorite netflix thing you're watching um so i'll give you two right so the one i'm watching right this moment is the ted bundy tapes the docuseries and it's creepy as fuck and then the other one that i just finished was you which was like the best example of like when to get the fuck out of a relationship so jeez What's it about? Um, it's basically um, looking at a super toxic, like, stalker relationship. Oh, boy. From the point of view of the stalker. Oh. Who ends up dating the person he's stalking, and shit goes crazy from there. Yeah. Okay. Sounds wild. It has um Dan Bagged. I don't know how to say his last name. It's the dude from Gossip Girl. Oh, I'm not familiar, but that's interesting, huh? I've been watching, like, nothing but Shark Tank, so. (laughs) I don't doubt this, because I know how much you love Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like my I don't I'm not even guilty. It's like my my guiltiest pleasure. I love watching Shark Tank so much. And Katie and I are both wa- going through all of King of the Hill cuz Katie not- had never watched any of it and is now like obsessed with it. Yeah. It's Ooh, so great. Also, not on Netflix, but it's on Hulu. Letter Kenny is Oh a- yeah. So I keep good. seeing that. What is that one? It's about uh, like living in a small town in Canada. So one, you get like the awesome accents, and two, it's like this weird Canadian mixed with like a rural like farm town feel. Hmm. <laughs> so they'll say things like, "Yeah, that's a Texas size ten four. <laughs> or <laughs> there's this one guy that's like, it'll say something, and he'll be like, "And that's what I appreciate about ya." <laughs> Hell yeah. I just saw like an ad for it and I was like, oh, what is this about? Interesting. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. That's cool. Um, What is your favorite? um, I guess what's your favorite album of all time? Um, I'm like turning back because I probably own it. Um, Honestly... Probably, like, mm, either either Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, or if you want, like, a more contemporary take. Um, I really love Shed by Tidal Fight. Oh, yeah. So raw with emotion. So I just got a copy of Hyperview in the mail because I didn't get it at first. And now, like, I didn't, like, it didn't sit with me very well. And now that I love shoegaze, I just, like, the only title fight that I like right now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I freaking love uh, Your Pain Is Mine now. That song just, like, cuts through me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. But what are you listening to right now? Like, anything new that you're digging? Yeah, so... um like I was saying earlier, like when you start meeting new people, you start listening to new music, right? To better understand them because you're like sharing and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the person that I'm dating now, we've created a playlist of songs that like if we find and we're, we're like, ooh, that sounds really good. Like, let's show the other person. Um, we'll put it there. And so there's a band called Wither Away that I really <laughs> like. Um, I've also been listening to like a ton of Watsky because yeah. of him. Um, I also, I loved Watsky beforehand, mm-hmm. but I, it was very far and few between when I actually like clicked play. Um, but there's that one. And then I also really like, um, another like indie rap artist that he showed me, um, was Spose. Hmm. Yeah. They're, they're real good too. Nice. So, yeah. I love that the and this is like a trend I've noticed like a lot of people that like come up in a scene end up getting into like that chill or indie rap game hip hop game. I I think it like at least for me I love like the beat of a song mm-hmm. and if you got a catchy beat man yeah. I'm hook line and sinker. <laughs> well, that's the thing with like a lot of hardcore and punk they keep a consi- it's like a consistent thing. So if you can yeah. get into a rap beat that gets you into it too, you're going to like it's going to be yeah. sick. That's why like, I think I love, I love Logic's Bobby Tarantino too. Mm. Like every beat on that record is so good. 
That's why I really like the new Turnstile album because it feels like it could be. Yeah. You could replace anything and make it a hip hop album too. Like it's freaking mm-hmm. sick. Like that. That um. What's it? What's that genre of punk called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Because um, it's like a specific type. It's fine. It's whatever. I always there's, freak- there's too many genres. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like there's like a specific name for the type that they play. I'm just thinking of their song, like all their songs at the same time right now. Do you ever do yeah. that with a band? You're just like, I'm thinking about all their songs at the same time right now. <laughs> it happens to me a lot with terror. Oh, yeah? Like, I'll start with, like, um, one with the underdogs and then, like, move on to your caught. And then I'm like, oh, God, it just, it, like, spans yep. 20, the 25th. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's Youth Crew. Youth Crew Hardcore. That's yeah. what I was trying to come up with. Yeah. Um, well, sick. It was so great talking with you. It was great catching up with you, dude. I Hell miss you. Yeah. Hopefully I'll we can up. hang out soon. I'll come up to Boston soon. Please do. It would be fantastic to host you. My mom and I's favorite movie to watch together is The Departed. Nice. So she and I want to do a Boston trip so we could walk around and say, are you a cop? <laughs> <laughs> um. So I hadn't watched that since we moved here. Um, and then Katie had never seen it before. So when we watched it, I was like, oh, that's filmed right next to my work. Oh, that's right downtown. Oh, that's right there. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> like we know where everything is now. That's so cool. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, hell yeah. Thank you again. And I cannot wait to see you soon. You too, Craig. Bye. Bye. And that's it. That's our episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ali Triglianos. Also hope you enjoyed the the tunes from Community College. Again, go to Disposable America. Get yourself some of those tunes. Uh, also check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash art of survival. That would help us out a whole bunch. And go to the ConnectEDU network and learn about all the great podcasts that we have to offer in that network. Uh, that's all really I have to share with you this week. Uh, Until next week, let's get to work.